0: Coffee Lovers Radio, uh, Joseph here with Jesse and John in the Conduit Coffee Studio. Uh, we're just having a good time. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Another beautiful Tuesday. Oh, yeah. That's right. The rain has come in. It's Tuesday. It's raining. It looks like January, but we did our bicycle deliveries and T-shirts today. Yes, indeed. Very warm.
0: Mm-hmm. And we have strawberries.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. Why do we have strawberries in January? Mm.
0: Because I brought them. From the store where the store had them. <laughs> yeah, They're in season at the supermarket. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, this week, um, uh, let's see, what is it? It's Tuesday. I yeah, just, said, Tuesday. That. I yeah. just Tuesday. said that. It's Tuesday. Uh, so, a couple of days ago, I published the uh, latest issue of the magazine, and we had talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show. Um, I have <laughs> an interview in the issue with uh, the man who's. Trying to save Yemeni coffee. Um, and then we kind of got to talking a little bit about um, politics and coffee and all this sort of thing. And um, we decided we would revisit that in the future. Yeah. So here we are. We've got our professor hats on.
1: <laughs> hey, hola. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Academia's knocking at the door. Uh, John's got Wikipedia open.
0: Fact uh, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: right. checker in the house. Oh, boy. And, right. uh,
0: <laughs> and we're gearing up for something. Yeah, yeah. Do so you actually have uh, a background in politics?
1: I do. Um, I mean, I, I finished undergrad okay. in, in, in political science and went and got my master's in, in public administration and political science. A lot of writing, a lot of thinking about these things. Um, and this was before I really got into coffee. Just in case everybody's wondering, the, uh, the best hobby to get into in grad school is actually coffee roasting. So that's when I kind of discovered that. At the time, I was working for some of the nonprofits doing sustainable agriculture policy and alternative energy, small scale alternative energy, here in Washington State, and uh, coffee just came hand in hand with what I learned about agriculture and the, the trouble with it and trying to connect, you know, better food to people and, and all these, all these things. So coffee naturally fit into that, um, and then since then, since I started Conduit, uh, it sort of kept my my ideas about. Getting back into politics at bay because there's so much geopolitical and so much environmental, you know, mm-hmm. worldwide environmental um, issues and and kind mm-hmm. of little turbulence there to talk about with coffee, because coffee really transcends everything, you know, across the world. Wikipedia says that transcends. <laughs> yeah, transcends. Oh, I know. I read that. I read that already. <laughs> oh, yeah, put <laughs> my hands right Just here, John. Jesse's okay. yeah. <laughs> cheat sheet on his palm. <sighs>
0: Well, yeah, that's uh, uh, the heart of the heart of conduit is really a, a connection. With other, I mean, you're kind of on a local, smaller local scale.
1: Right. Sort of well, that's kind of what I realized. I mean, that was a, that was a realization. Um, the idea of food and the idea of how we get our resources um, are very much entwined with how humans have developed. And there's so many areas around the world that you know, either either wasted opportunities or, you know, strat- you know, strategized ways to kind of prevent these localized food systems from developing, either for cor- corporations or to control populations. Um, in undergrad, I became sort of obsessed with Central Asia and studied a lot of Central Asian policies. Uh, there's the Fergana Valley there that's transected by three different countries, ex-Soviet republics, um, mm. and they all share the same waterway, they all share the same, you know, so sort of the water source, the same power systems. And, uh, and the farmland and everything, it's all divided up, and so there is no cohesive government to actually regulate any of that, and it's, you know, it could be potentially one of the most fertile and most productive agricultural valleys in the world. Uh, and we see this over and over, just how people get their food and how that's kind of been messed up. Um, coffee is the largest traded commodity, you know, next to oil. So it really goes from the very much developing world and, and rural farmland of the developing world in the highlands all the way out to, you know, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And it's very much connected. So that cup that somebody's buying, you know, it's some fresh roasted single origin coffee and blah, 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 has a very much direct connection to the people that produced it. Um, and it's, it's, you know, not only is an amazing product that we know, but it also has this entire weight of this story and culture going behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating. And it means a lot as coffee, you know, as the environment changes, as droughts come and go and things like that. It changes the varieties they use. It changes their their processing methods, um, naturals versus wash processes, you know, what's available. So, you know, you'll see – I think we'll start seeing more uh, naturals coming from places that didn't actually have naturals Hmm. before because they save water in the long run. Oh, yeah. And, you know, ways that we're purifying and composting, you know, the the waste and stuff like that off the farms, it's really – all that's becoming more apparent, and as we learn about coffee from, from the Manhattan or Seattle perspective, and we can kind of trace our cups back to the origin, then we can become more concerned about you know, even if it's just a flavor or something like that, we know like we, there's a connection to that land and the people that are making that. Um, it's fascinating to me. Great.
0: Yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, bringing up the environmental aspect, it's a shame there's so much conflict that's <coughs> I don't know what's the word, um, gumming up the works. Right. That we're just kind of sitting here. Some things are not changing. Some things are getting worse. And in the meantime, the environment is slowly deteriorating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at some point, perhaps, we can't even grow coffee.
1: Right. Or we'll start growing it in new places. Yeah. You know, new varieties. I mean, they're always trying to do some you know heavy GMO stuff for blights. That's true. For the big companies. You know, specialty coffee, our prices will go up. Mm-hmm. But... The higher quality farms can hold out a little bit better against these these, whatever, you know, things yeah. that are going on. The quote-unquote
0: su- sustainable. Right. For, right. Oh, it's the Nestle and
1: the Folgers and the Inlands that are really going to hurt because their coffee is also going to get much more expensive. And so they're the ones trying to keep their prices as low as possible.
2: Uh, well, the average person in the coffee shop, when they go in, should be able to see if the roaster and the coffee house are are working with the changes in the world because if they see the prices going up in the cup it means that the roaster that they're getting it from is probably buying coffee that is directly related to the economic pressure at that time versus somebody that's buying you know hundreds of thousands of pounds from three years ago and sitting on it hmm. like the starbucks and like those you know companies right. you would see that because they're so big, they directly affect the cost um, that a customer well, they wants, own,
1: Yeah, right? they, they'll own the entire stream mm-hmm. from a farm.
2: Yeah, but then they've got all this coffee backlog that they purchased at a cheap price right. two or three years ago where a micro-roaster is going to be buying coffee that's in the now, right. like within the, mm-hmm. uh, within year. Right. Yeah,
1: that. Oh, the coffee futures yeah. is huge, and there's so much turbulence, you know, in the stock market for coffee, the commodity market.
2: So a customer should feel more comfortable than... When they see prices raising, even though it's it's tough, right? At least they know that what they're buying is in the trending market at, at now, not mm. Too, mm. like they're not buying old coffee where a company can create false prices and keep low. Right. So they should feel good about it, even though it sucks that it's more expensive.
1: Yeah, but that's the hard you part know. as consumers here, because food in general should be doing that. You know, there's seasonality for different coffees, there's seasonality yeah. for different produce. You know, these strawberries clearly weren't grown in Washington.
0: Yeah. Maybe. I doubt it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't remember where they were from.
1: Right. So they're grown someplace else, I you know, think. but it's just that we're spoiled here because now we have strawberries and it's January and, yeah. you know, we have no idea where they came from.
0: I also apparently didn't think about where they came from. Right. Uh, most, I think that's also most of the case with the... I mean, it, despite how much work we do to... Enlighten the customer as to where the coffee came from and the effects and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, certainly, many times I go into a cafe. I just want a cup of coffee. Right. And that's a I don't know, that's a tough challenge to deal with. I guess coffee has a <gasps> variety of Why? different positions, right in in life.
1: Mm. That's true, and that's just something that we're going to have to learn to work with because yeah. people are always just going to want a beer. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They just want a beer. They just want a glass of wine, some table wine, red wine, you know. Or you can really want something special. Mm-hmm. And that's always going to be the hard part. I think as these food resources, you know, the coffee as like single, single origins become more rare, you know, more widespread, but just rarer to produce because of environmental factors, um, we will actually end up with more people requesting certain types of coffee.
0: That's true. And, and I guess the, the awareness of coffee as being as special as it is is increasing. Yeah, and so as with with people have this vision of, of wine as there is there is special wine and there is table wine, right? But there's so is there special coffee and then there's yeah, table is there coffee. table coffee? I is mean, there's there's I mean, diner coffee. Yeah, there's got to right, be an but, acceptable level of where. But apparently, diner <laughs> coffee can be really good now. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> it can. Yeah. yeah, if you try a little bit, yeah, doesn't uh,
1: have to be all awesome. Well, food you know food has been so artificially. Manipulated, so we don't really have any real prices for food. It's hard to say that grass fed beef is eight dollars, you know, but Whole Foods grass fed grass fed beef is seven. You know, I mean, the reality is that there there's so many purchase contracts and corporations involved in the you know in their line versus the local food line that they you know it's not even real what the discounts are really. Like it's just it's all been subsidized and it's all just you know the environmental cost is the same per cow. You know, so all those costs are just shifted around. And so you might be paying more per pound, but you're also paying for more of those costs. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the fuel taxes and whatnot are Well, and like I think that, other that's certain- true
2: from agriculture that's produced in uh, first world countries, more established, because the farmers get subsidies from the, the country to some extent. But if you ask any farmer, even farmers in the United States, they will always say that they are the least paid out of everybody. They, you know, they are the the bottom chain. They're always right. the ones struggling. And when you have coffee being second largest commodity in the world, then if a farmer can't make money growing coffee, they're either going to move to a place they can or they're going to pull and grow a crop that is making them more money. Right. And in these other countries,
1: you know... Oh, it, we see that all over Ethiopia. They're losing it to the... the oh, man, I'm drawing a blank on the name. The, it's like a chewing tobacco, mm. kind of a drug. That, yeah. that uh, um, all I can say is take but that's not right. Well, oh. in
0: um, in Yemen, to go back right. to Yemen, one uh, of the things that uh, so so the guy in the interview is named Mokhtar um, Alkan Shali. Sorry, Mokhtar, I probably butchered your name. <laughs> um, but uh, he talks about um, one of the things he's he's really interested in um, in Yemen. One of the big uh, Things that's produced is called kat.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. Right. Which
0: is, is that the same yeah, thing yeah, yeah, in yeah, Ethiopia? Yeah. yeah. So it's this um, kind of addictive sort of, um, right. uh, um, yeah, narcotic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, if if the if the quality of coffee can be increased, if basically if coffee can be more uh, economically viable than kat, right. Then perhaps that will replace it. Um, so it's that's like one of the things. Opium
2: fields, though, moving in, or yeah. you know, I mean.
0: Well, this is what happened in Thailand as well, actually. So, um, in, I'm going to get my dates wrong. I think in the the 90s, uh, or maybe it's the late 80s. 10, 10 20, 30? late 80s, I've something never heard like I've that. Before, um,
1: which era? This <laughs> <I'm asking laughs> <what
0: I mean. laughs> about 30 years ago. Um, was it Danny Aykroyd? So, uh, no. So the, the so the king of Thailand um, that. They had they had problems with um, opium, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was like the major crop, is opium or something like that. Um, and he didn't want his people to kind of be go down that path. Right. So he replaced it with coffee, <clears throat> and they've been s- basically subsidizing coffee plants. Ever since addicted to coffee. Uh, well, unfortunately, it's kind of poor quality.
1: <laughs> you can't you can't you can't a lot of robusta, a lot of low. It. Yeah, exactly. Things, that, more things that, that grow easily. Um, but uh,
0: there, there are some people there who are trying to make make changes yeah, now. We've
1: met some of them. You know, the whole organic farming movement and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely trying to improve the coffee, but also tr- in trying trying to improve the the market value, so that the environmental aspects, you know, less pesticides and better. Um, social benefits for the farmers and whatnot.
0: It's it's a real challenge. Someone has to go into the areas and invest in order to make the change because Absolutely. there's no farmer that's going to to make sacrifices on faith right. that something good will happen.
1: The people that we've met from countries like that have been either, you know, wealthy enough in some other aspect of business or um, they're working for an NGO, and they end up back in America here to see what the mm-hmm. state of the industry is for coffee. Well, I'm going
2: back to getting farmers to be confident in a new crop like that. Remember, it takes three to five years to yeah. cultivate a crop right. like that. So, from seedling to coffee into the production.
0: That's
1: a huge risk but if That's you the can. first generation of yeah, it. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, we're talking a 40, 50-year-old farmer that's planning the future for his family hopefully on a country's yeah. borrowed land right and if it's not being subsidized because it's a lot easier for this country to export you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: a narcotic or anything else I mean it could be pears for all I care but yeah. you know how do you ask somebody to make that commitment if that's really a commitment towards their next generation right
0: it's tough but I mean the what from so from what I've discovered you know listening to, to what Moktar said from his experiences and talking with um, <clears throat> Uh, 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 Ray Berger in Thailand, who um, he he had he had moved there a few years ago, and so he owns a, a farm and a processing plant, basically in, in Thailand. <clears throat> and and the way that they um, they they've gone kind of similar paths, working with farmers there. You you go there and you say, okay, if if you if you do these things, then this is the money that
1: I'm going to give you. and They say, whoa, really? All right. <laughs> well then. Well, even, but in places like Yemen, I mean, the whole Yemen distribution whole line other, coming out of there, yeah, you know, they, they can't even guarantee that the coffee is going to make it yeah. from the farm to the port from the port to, you know, the next uh, through the Suez <laughs> canal, you know, I mean, uh, I'm so really they get caught up in Long Beach and ruined in yeah. the hot sun. But the, the, the upside that Yemen has, I
0: think, in terms of the coffee, um, so Yemen being the, the first place outside of Ethiopia that coffee went to, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm imagining that there are a lot of uh, fascinating varietals there that we don't know about. Yeah. And uh, like Mokhtar has already found some really fascinating sounding coffee that scored very,
1: very well. Totally. I mean, good and, Yemeni like, coffee is... Unique
0: and it just sounds like, whoa. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever had a bad Yemeni coffee. I mean, I know I'm spoiled, but mm. I mean, there's some amazing coffee that comes out of there. and It's rare. Uh, it's very much like Ethiopia as far as you know, the heirloom varieties, mm-hmm. um, and you get the big, you know, size just size changes and stuff. Often uh, naturally processed. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah he was um, so so. Most of most of the Yemeni coffee right now is sold to Saudi Arabia, um, uh, and it's sold kind of in bulk. Everything, all of it, just gets tossed together, and um, there's a line in there I remember in the interview. And he says that um, uh, it's considered good Yemeni coffee if you uh, find an AK shell in the bag. <laughs> um, yeah, I so, haven't
2: had one of those come in yet. No, <laughs> we had a couple odd things, but not that. Yeah, no
0: bullet shells yet. I've but seen so, them before. So yeah. <laughs> so the the and what he's doing is focusing on on the single origin concept. So he's. If for the first time the farmers there are able to showcase their own work which they've not really ever been able to do before right. not recently either not recently anyway yeah uh,
1: it's interesting if you look at the you know what's happened in Rwanda as a model for some of these places where there's tremendous civil unrest mm. you know no coffees being produced of any kind of value and then in you know less than 20 years come up to the level of the, you know, the coffee that you just had in your cup. Yeah, that's that's good. Absolutely, it's absolutely, you know, some of the best in the world, and the investment that went into yeah. that time, and just the the stability that people feel that their land is going to be safe, and there's going to be, you know, they're not going to have to move, or... Move that
0: Rwanda, by the way, is uh, what I talked about on last week's show, right? which aired
1: yesterday as we're recording. <laughs> <it. laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> I haven't listened to it yet but I know you talked about it.
0: Yeah. yeah. The, the the two the two Rwandas.
1: Oh, that's right. You did the taste Rwanda Rwanda
0: Abukunikawa. Yeah. A and B. Yeah. And I also did sort of a testing run of the beginner's guide to tasting. Oh, man. It was interesting. I listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't really I know what you think.
1: Jumping I'd back love to talk about it. profiling in another episode. That yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Give away all of our <laughs> um, secrets. Secrets. giving them away. That,
2: <laughs>
0: that was very basic. I had uh, a dozen different items I got from the store or so Mm -hmm. I tasted them all beforehand and then that's all I was using as my guide Mm -hmm. so I taste it and try to okay is it this or this or this no flavors outside of that just limiting anyways (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's see on the A I got I got walnuts and apple (coughs) on the A Mm -hmm. Uh, but then it was kind of um, that was it the B was much more dynamic I thought and I got a little bit of the, the walnut. There's some uh, more sweetness, and then I got berries out of it as well. Uh, anyways.
1: Anyways. Off track. Here. We should talk <laughs> about that off air. Yeah. <laughs> love to, I'd love to hear your feedback on it. Or I'll listen to the episode. Yeah. Either way, uh, I like your voice. <laughs> why, thank you. <laughs> Not when you say it like
0: that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Rwanda. Civil unrest civil
1: unrest, Rwanda. Yeah. What's happening in Yemen? Is it going to bring um, it back? I mean, that's to me is one of those a, situations that makes my head... Well, crazy. he's already brought some back, Right, but course. as far as the reviving and, the culture... And uh, I haven't...
0: Well, there's, there's a whole lot going on right now, right. as we're speaking. Of. of course, the past couple weeks... Drone strikes? While I was trying to, you know, get the issue out, so I've actually... <laughs> I... I don't pay attention to the news too much, uh, <laughs> but so I'm I'm working on the issue and trying to get some uh, final quotes and edits from Oktar and some high res images uh, for the cover and some stuff in the magazine, and he emails back to me, and he says, um, Yeah, so I'm uh, I've been stuck in uh, the uh, unrest in the capital. I've had to fight off um, looters. The no. Um, oh. No, 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 they, um, the the militia rebels, right. whatever. He had to fight them out of his neighborhood, uh, and he said like a mortar shell went through his window, and he sent me a picture of it. And I'm sitting there in my pajamas, <laughs> <laughs> safe in my apartment going, "Where's where are my pictures? And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm fighting off rebels. It's different kind of flash drive. Uh, um, okay. Take your time. I know. So safe. how do you even
1: tell the story of the coffee, let alone plant the coffee or export it or any of that? When that's you know,
0: it's remarkable. He's, right. he's doing it. Yeah. Like um,
1: which shows the power of this as an agricultural yeah. product, the power of love for food that people mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be so easy when you just I just want a cup of coffee. Go into a diner, or whatever. I just want a cup of coffee. Doesn't matter. You know that same attitude. If he had that attitude, we don't need coffee from Yemen. You know. I mean, <laughs> that. but it's the Brazil love. Makes for the, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, <laughs> it's not just the same. And there are some people that see that and they, they have such a, a cultural and, and beautiful connection to the countries and lands that they love that they're actually going to fight for their life mm-hmm. to bring coffee out, you know, by the suitcase full, I imagine, you know, 50 pounds at a time just yeah. to show it off just so he can garner support and potential clients so when they need to have a crate a container to come out mm-hmm. there's places to sell that right away
0: I yeah mean, it's it's really exciting it's, and If if they can if it can develop and, and become a big thing I mean that it'd be fascinating to see what would happen with that country if it became you know another like if it became such a place oh like gosh. Ethiopia for coffee oh it should be like the second should Ethiopia
1: be. should be if we could do anything and Ethiopia so as well is is, is challenging. Bombing it with drones. Um, yeah. I shouldn't be getting so geopolitical in this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so geopolitical in the geopolitical episode. Um, there is a picture in the in the issue that um, was in the article. He, uh, Mokhtar took a a photo of um, some graffiti on a wall. That was a drone, um, and it said why. It's something like why did you. Why did you bomb my family? And it's a child painting that onto the wall. That's the whole. Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, wow. So that's going into that cup of coffee. It's, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I think maybe maybe it's important to reiterate that this coffee's one of those things that what you buy really does have an impact on yeah. very traceable sources of that coffee. Often more traceable than any other item at the grocery store. Yeah. You know, Um, That's fascinating about the specialty coffee. So, if you get a chance to buy some Yemeni coffee, know that there's a couple dollars going to the farmers to improve their livelihoods in a way that are going to keep them, you know, doing proper environmental practices, but keep them out of, you know, well, it's unimaginable to us to have those problems. Well, it has to stop being. Yeah, you know?
2: know. Well, that's. I mean,
1: but that's that's the thing. So, the more that we share these stories about Yemen and dictate you know we don't have to get into the specific you know drones versus no drones for yemen but the reality is that the country is totally messed up Mm -hmm. and they're they have beautiful products to offer the world Mm -hmm. and whatever unrest is caused by whom like those products aren't getting the attention that they deserve and therefore the lands are falling to militias and they're falling to other drugs or falling to sugar canes or just going into drought and desertification like you know the more we don't give a crap about yemen the more yemen will will lose that heritage of coffee which is the second oldest heritage yep. i mean it's older than kenya you know i mean there's coffee might have its name from the kaffa port in yemen we don't know might have it from the kaffa region in ethiopia you know i mean it's it's goes back that far yep. into early trading um that he, we can't he talks about things...
0: he talks about the the origin of the <laughs> Uh, being in the mispronunciation of the the, let's see, I could I suppose I could pull it up.
1: But this I is. Imagine, <coughs> but gonna, it's yeah. going to be a national nationalistic interpretation of where the actual name coffee came from, and that's what's cool about these ancient yeah. coffee cultures. Yeah.
0: Well, so yeah, it, it was a it was a phrase in Arabic that described the um, something about the wine of the fruit that invigorates and yada yada. Right. But there's then, all sorts of myths. It so couldn't right. be pronounced oh. by. Right. The next people, and eventually <laughs> the next people, into, yeah. the next people to get
2: <laughs> those people. <laughs> See, that's
1: why it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those people. Uh, hmm. Well, so, yeah. the Europeans, you know, so much of this yeah. trade was dictated by the sugar policies of the empires in Europe. You know, we wouldn't have coffee or tea breaks in London if it wasn't for the quick calorie rush and things to make things palatable like that. The hot beverages for the masses when they're coming out of the mines. You know, coffee's the history of coffee and who's developing the ports, you know, the mocha Java blend that was so popular in Europe. I mean that's straight up Sumatra, you know, Java coffee and Yemeni coffee. Yeah. And that's the that's the classic blend. And we still we still hear it. Ozo Coffee and Boulder does a mocha job all the time. It's fantastic. Fascinating. Um, you know, so so many of these you know, the same patterns that are dictating the slave trade in America's and dictating the, the you know, what's going on in the Caribbean also had a very much of a same triangle approach to where coffee and where coffee was grown and where tea was grown and where that was imported to and who was drinking it. I it's, like how mocha became
0: <laughs> a chocolate latte. Yeah. We won't talk
2: about the customer this week. I had a customer with that. Right.
1: <laughs> spelled differently. Oh, yeah. So everybody knows. Um, you know, we have that mocha variety. Yep. M-O-K-K-A. It's a, it's a variety from Yemen that's been um, grown in Hawaii. Oh, in Maui. Wow.
2: If you had one thing oh, yeah, that the have. customer could do to know that they were buying coffee that actually mattered,
0: just what ask. Would you suggest? Just ask yeah. questions. Who's your roaster? You always ask questions. Where do you get this coffee from? Who roasted it? Why did they right. roast it? Where did they get the coffee from? Right. Why did you pick them? What are you doing? <laughs> why are you doing? Why are it? you leaving?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you want of this coffee?
0: I don't know. I, I, I ask that question often while going to a cafe. Is, uh, so uh, who'd you get this from, and why are you getting it from them? Right. And I mean, if, a lot of times, there's not really right. an answer. It is, oh, we like them.
1: It yeah. doesn't even I mean, have to be a certain great, quality but, of a roaster, you know. Yeah. But if they know that, oh, it's coming from, whatever, you know, Camino Island Coffee. They roast it. It doesn't matter what the coffee quality is, you know. The fact that they are connecting that product mm-hmm. that they're serving to the people that are producing it on this side of things. Yeah, well, that's gonna that's gonna lead to those people buying higher quality coffee. Yeah, um, so always I mean, I ask have, questions. I have faith in that.
0: Um, but yeah, uh, to to those of you listening, um, if you've enjoyed this brief discussion of geopolitical, geopoliticalness and coffee, let us know. Um, we're also always looking out for ideas for shows. Yeah you have any questions we're happy to try to answer them uh, we can to pontificate to, yeah we we'd love to, to, to do excited. a Q&A show at some time as well um, so yeah you can send those questions to coffeeloversmag at gmail.com um, eventually I'll have something for the radio itself um, you can go to coffeeloversradio.com that takes you to the show page uh, for social media right now it's coffeeloversmag at twitter um, facebook instagram google plus pinterest and then, of course, conduitcoffee.com and conduitcoffee at everything else. Everything We're else at Conduit. Twitter, Facebook, yeah. Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're there. We're all about coffee. It's
1: good. Yeah. Very good. Chowder. Chowder.